we've been talking about dreaming big, that God's speaking into our lives. And in his speaking, he wants people like you, like me. Not because we're anything, quite the opposite, because we're very ordinary. And he chooses the ordinary to do extraordinary. He, he looks for people who will, who will trust him with every bit of their life. We've talked about, and, and, and God wants us to, 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 to remember it's him. We've talked about, Jim, just recap, dreaming big, dreaming not broad, but specifically, that God has a specific target for us to accomplish. Some of, some of us spend so much time looking clear across the realm, clear, clear across everything I could do, that we miss the really important things where we can have great impact. Lives affect the eternities of others, how our lives could make, make a change in our own families, in our own community, in our own world. And so God asked, but you know what? In all of that dreaming big, and in all of that dreaming broad, not dreaming bent, not broad, but specifically in all that dreaming boldly, the one most important thing we can do is dream bent. Several weeks ago, we had a, a missionary guy who was in all kinds of ministry, been responsible for distributing like 3.2 million Bibles in, in Sierra Leone, West Africa, Bill Turkovich. And as we sat Sunday afternoon after he was here, pastor, a missionary, a worship leader, a children's person, if there was one piece of information he'd want to get across to any person who was contemplating serving God in any capacity, what would that was? Too many pastors, too many missionaries, too many people forget that it's not about them, it's about him and it's about others, then something good starts to happen, and they start thinking that they're the ones who made it all happen. And they think let that, ha- that, that people are there to serve them and not the other way around. And he said, Aaron, never let that happen. Never let that happen. Be, be humble. Let humility rule the day. And I thought about those line, that, 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 that line he gave me, and, and I'd already kind of thought look, the, the progression of, of messages for this month. And I finished that's three seven. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pew in front of you. It's on page one one thousand sixty five. If you don't know where to turn, uh, the rest of you probably know Ephesians chapter three. I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Right in that one sentence, it's jam packed full of things like humility. Concepts all about humility. Of the New Testament, that, that Paul, the guy who would literally be used by God to write two thirds of the New Testament, he, he almost single handedly would change the world. And all throughout this letter, he writes, it's all humility. Right in this, right in this verse, this one verse, there's three different references to being humble. Paul would realize this was a free gift. At one place he would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. It was one of the words he would use. It's not because it's by me. It's not because of anything I can do. It's not because of anything, I, anything special about me. He says it's by God's grace and by his power things get done. The word grace there is a, is a Greek word. It's, it's charitu. And it means to show kindness, to graciously give, to, free, to freely give. God freely gives us his mighty power. Not because of us. He gives to us. His grace that we would be we, we would become the light shining in dark places. Jesus will lie the world, but one day I'm leaving. And now he wasn't saying, "Hey, you guys are super super special spiritual guys." That's why he's like, "No, listen, my glory is going to overshadow you. It'll be about my grace and my power, and you will shine like the next in great darkness in the world by His power." The next thing Paul says is, "I have been given the privilege." The privilege, the privilege of being what God wants me to be. This word privilege has the idea of having something without cause. 
that I haven't earned. I could never, I could never pay God enough to be used by Him. It's a privilege. Sometimes in, in, in our Christian walk, we think we've got this tally sheet. That I've prayed this much. I've done this much. I gave this much in the offering. I've done that. I've served this long in that thing. And I've done it. Uh, now, I deserve an off. I deserve a chance. I can remember being uh, newly out of Bible college. Working at a Christian bookstore. Managing it. Had a friend of mine uh, who, while we were working at another store together, he was less than, a, uh, than, a, than, a, an, than an avid follower of Jesus. I believe. He was, I remember being in Bible college and one young boy, but wasn't actively following it. And I remember being in Bible college, and one day he walks up to walks through the walks through the, the warehouse where we worked, and he, he's holding a piece of paper and he's muttering to himself like he's out of his mind and like he's just seen a ghost or something. I can't believe it. Why don't they know? I don't know what and he's walking around with his, why don't they know? Why did they do this? Why did who do I keep trying to tell you, why did who do what? What are you talking about? And he goes, he just hands me, and it was a it was a gospel track. He'd work with a customer for an hour and a half. And by the end of all the station, they tried to get him to make a commitment to Christ. And what drove him crazy was, all of a sudden, something clicked. They ought to know I'm a Christian. Why don't they know? See, he had been a kid who was raised in church. Parents religiously got him to church every Sunday. He, he'd even helped out in Sunday school and all sorts of things. But he was a salutatorian of his class. He goes to Houston completely loses his mind, begins to drink and do all kinds of craziness, loses his chip a semester and a half in, has to come back to chill a coffee. And so he was less than, 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 a, than a, an intentional, passionate follower of Christ. That moment something triggered. And next thing I know, he wants to go to Bible college with me. Go, whenever he could catch a chapel service, he'd come to catch a chapel service with me. As a, as a lay minister of the Methodist church, I'm working in another store, and he comes walking in to praises while I was working there. He said, can I ask you to pray for me and ask you some advice? And I said, yeah, go ahead, the overseer. He said, they want me to take two churches. I said, who? He said, the overseers, the district superintendents. of the, And, 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 and I, I said, well, do you feel like God's called you? Absolutely. And he, 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 I pray with him there in the store. He walks out. He's a photographer at the time. And he has Serving Jesus. Finished schooling. He's still in ministry to this day. Serving Jesus. You know what happened to Aaron, though? Aaron thought he had, should have arrived by then. I've forgotten that this was supposed to be a privilege to serve Christ. To be in ministry. And the door shut. God, that's not right. I have been paying my dues. I have gone to Bible college. I've overted other things. And I hear I'm worried for about the store. And he gets a chance to go into full-time ministry before me? Are you kidding me? And I just kind of bellyache for about 10 minutes. And God, in his loving way, let me go, go on a rant for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I heard like, like Job, the voice like Job heard. Can I ask you a question? Where were you? Where were you when I flung everything into space? Where were you? At the foundation. Where were you when I was forming you in your mother's womb? Where were you? And suddenly, I got taken down a couple notches. I almost heard like Jesus talking to Peter. What business is it of yours of what I do with him? 
You'll, you'll end up where I need you to be, but in my time, not yours. That was, a, that was a wake-up call for me, man. I lay back here in the back of that storeroom, and I bawled for about 15 minutes before I came back out. And I said, I'm sorry. See, we forget sometimes it's a privilege to have the chance at all to utter the Word of God, to read the Word of God, to convey the Word of God, to have a chance to be used by God to even alter or influence somebody. is not something that I'm owed. It's a great privilege. The heart of a person and enable them to dream big dreams. It's a privilege. It's not something I'm owed. It's not something I have a right to. It's something... If I forget that, it's, it's, it, that, that I'm missing the point anyway, I have to dream bent. I have to dream humbly, recognizing it's never been about me. It will never be about me. It will always be about him. It will always be about the future and the, 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 the encouragement and the, and, and, the, and the saving of others. Always. Always. And so God calls us to places. The other thing he says, he says, he goes, it's about God's grace. It's a privilege, and I get to serve him. This word serve is an amazing word, which we, all many of us would consider uh, an office in the church. Am I right? Some person of power within a local congregation, that kind of thing, right? It's not, 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 not to be like the, you know, the minister of you know, defense or something like that. To, to, to serve, it means to serve. And it means to serve without not necessarily having an office is the definition. See, some of us are waiting for, 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 to, to serve to wait till somebody recognizes. Until we have a title. Or our own office space. Or until, or until till somebody's willing to pay us to do something for the kingdom. Or something like that. And, and, and this idea is that I'm just serving. Somebody pays attention to what I'm doing or not. I'm serving because I'm serving God. To do all things heartily as unto the Lord. And so that's what Paul, Paul's saying here. It's by grace, not by me. It's privilege. I, it's amazing. I am get a chance. David would write in the Psalms, who am I that you even pay attention to me? He was the king. The king utters a, utters a prayer like that, right? Who am I to even pay attention to me, God? Chance to do something. You owe me to answer this prayer. You owe me to get it. And, and, and we, we lose sight of it. And you know what? We should, we should be serving whether anybody's looking or not. We should be serving whether any opportunity attention or not. We should be serving whether the pastor asks us to or a ministry opportunity materializes or not. Jesus didn't wait. He, he gave up all his titles and office space and everything else, Philippians tells us, to come serve us. We, we ought to be several places. Paul writes things like this. I fall on my knees. All saying, dude, it's about humility. It's about being humble. I'm nothing. I fall down on my face. Christ, about the gravity of things that are going on. It's a big stinking deal to serve Christ. It's a big hairy deal to, to, to be considered capable or adequate by the God of heaven to accomplish something for him. I, I can't even imagine. I can't get over the fact that he even wants me. I don't even understand it. God's dream is what his plan is. And I know it's amazing. We, if we, we have to realize what God's dream is, what his plan is, and that will keep us dreaming humbly. If we drop back to verse 6 in Ephesians 3, we'll read this. This is God's plan. 
Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And both Any dream that you have that does not involve that as a follower of Christ is a bad dream. And I would go this far, I'll go as far to say this. Not only is it a bad dream, it's a wrong dream. But I got dreams of being this, that, or the other thing. I watched a refreshing piece of video last Monday afternoon. Anybody know the Super Bowl's going on next week? Anybody know that? We aspire to do things and be noticed by the pastor from Seattle. I saw the piece of week where four players from the Seattle Seahawks and an assistant coach sat with a pastor from Seattle and saw the piece of video. Last year when they were more successful, people gave them credit for doing, and they said, you know, they were talking about maybe getting a chance to play in the Super Bowl or different things like that. And to, to the man, they all went, playing the Super Bowl would be neat. I've kind of dreamed about that as a kid. Might use me to influence somebody else and enable me to alter somebody's eternity. Russell Wilson, an assistant coach, one of the safeties, an offensive lineman. I mean, there were several of them there. And I thought, dude, that is so is okay, blessing. Super Bowl, I didn't tag on this. The Super Bowl is okay, but Jesus is everything. And I was like, wow. Wow. That's God's plan. The people, Jews, Gentiles, everybody will come under one, under one roof, under the lordship of Jesus. And that he would use us to make sure that happens. To bring people under the big tent of God's kingdom. That they would find the love and the grace and the truth of Jesus all surpassing in everything. I, 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 I'm, I, verse 8 says this, Paul was right, though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, listen to his humility, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in the beginning. I was chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's dream became Paul's dream. God's heart became Paul's heart. Paul had dreams and ambitions as a young man. And he, he forsook them all to live his life as a living sacrifice. The vision of a dream is a cherished aspiration, an ambition, or an ideal. That's a dis- dictionary definition. It's also a person or thing perceived as wonderful. We ought to have God-sized ambition and aspiration. We ought to have God, big God ideals that navigate our lives. But we also ought to see Jesus and the focus of our dream that he's cherished and treasured. But not only that, that there are people in our lives that are the same thing in his eyes. They are his treasures. It shouldn't be either an ambition or people. It should be both. We should have an ambition and aspiration. Any dream that's less than that is not a dream to have as a follower of Christ. Prayers is it helps us stay focused on the why. We get so caught up with the how and the what of what we're doing. And we wear them like badges. Well, I do this, and I do that, and I serve this long on that thing, and I did that. And we want like, you know, uh, you know, Boy Scout like ribbon things, you know what I mean? And if we miss the why, the how and the what don't make any difference whatsoever. There's a man named Simon Sinek. Some of you may have heard of him. He does a lot of research and, and, and does things for le- in leadership circles, both in business and other uh, organizations. Like, um, And he talks about, in a, in a talk I heard him give, he talks about why Martin Luther King Jr. was able to exercise such fluence. It wasn't the what or the how of what he did. It was the why. 
He talks about, he talks about the Apple, Apple challenge and why they are so successful. There's all kinds of people making computers and all things because their why is what matters. They challenge the, medio, the, they, they challenge the status quo on purpose. That's, that's one of their visions. It's the why. Not just the what they make computers. It's the why of changing life, bringing people up to a different level that, that people buy into. Flight thing down. Why were they successful? Because they had the why right. Even when they didn't have all the resource everybody else had. And so for us as Christians, you know how much you care. That's our why. I've thought about what, one of the hallmark scriptures of Christianity. God gets the why right first before he ever gets to the what or the how. In John 16, you read these words. For God so loved. That's the why. How did he love? He gave his only son. What's the what? So that no man would perish. How, why comes first? Why always comes first? What's going on in this heart is always more important than what's going on outside here. What is the most important commandment? People come to Jesus when, he, when he's teaching and they say, what is the most important commandments to keep? And he really doesn't deal with a, a, a what. He deals with a why. He looks at them and goes, listen, it's not about the what. It's about the why. The most important thing to do is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Love your neighbor and humanity. Why? So he'd have someone to share love with he sent his son why because he loved the whole planet that's why god looks at us and says our most important thing is your why why do you important thing you do it better be because you love me with all your heart and you love people like you love yourself that's the most important thing then you get to the what the what is this great commandments and great commission if we answer the why if we will sell out our love for god and do whatever he asks then all of a sudden we find ourselves doing the how. Showing people that we love him. Sharing our faith with people. That's the how. That's how we show God that we love him. Selling out. And then the what is this. We get to make disciples at that point. That's, that's, God's, that's God's plan. That's God's heart. And so today as you're sitting here dreaming about what your future might do something, submit your dream to the dream of God. Humbly give up what you want so you can have what God has. Give up what you think a great you with all my be like and why you do what you do and say, God, I want what you want. I want to love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. I want everything about my life to echo the grace and the power of God. I, I, I think it's really important that we, we live out those things. You guys know, and, and James says this, read like this before honor. James 4, 6, and 7 read like this. But he gives even more grace to stand against evil desires. Evil desires are things that take us off the dream God has for us. He gives us grace. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he favors the humble. From you, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to his heart. Come near to his plan. Come near to his dream. Come near to his, to his love. And watch what happens. I've written out some, for some of you, you've already took the IMF, like, like Jim was talking about earlier. You've written out some things. But you know what this week is all about? Checking the why. And it may be you grab up that form, you crumble it up, you throw it in the trash, and you, re- and you start over. Make sure you're liable. Dream with your knees bowed low before God. Always stay at that point. 
told his disciples. You want to be great? Serve, serve one another. I know how it is in the other world, he said. Leaders out there lord things over people. Not so with you, he says. Humbly, get on your knees. Seek my face. Bow down before other people and wash their feet if necessary. Sometimes I miss those opportunities. Trade in your selfish dreams for selfless ones. Can I encourage you to pull around you to get where you need If you're using people around you to get where you need to go, I don't care how important you think your dream is, that's not a God dream. If you would use brothers and sisters to pad your own pockets, get other people to, to, to be at your beck and call. If when you look at brothers and sisters around here and all it is is about you, them getting under whatever you're doing so you can look big deal or, or put more money in yourself, that's a bad dream, that's a bad deal. God's looking for people who will be selfless, not selfish, not using people to get where you want to go, serving people so you can get where Jesus wants you to go. Serving Him. I can remember Pastor Air Church Sent him before me one day, a few years before he would pass, the former pastor of this church. Sent him before me one day, and we were talking about things. And I remember him looking at me every now and then. He, he, he had glasses. He'd look at you over like this. Over these glasses. He'd say this. He'd say, Aaron, it'd be good for all of us to let God work in our love quotient. All of us have not attained the depth of love that Jesus wants us to walk in. For himself and for others. Why matters. Our why matters. Our why matters. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love doesn't boast, it says right before there. Love's not proud. Love doesn't, doesn't try and seek its own. Love doesn't want its own way. I'm down the list. Our why matters. If we're going to dream bold, proactive dreams that change the future for somebody, they have to be dreams that are selfless, that are motivated by love for God and love for other people. Otherwise, their vision my life would look like if it were completely selfless because I have not quite attained it yet. Anybody with me? Had a checkup from the neck up on Friday. Hey, just I'm on my way getting ready to come to the church. I get a text message from Patrick. Hey, just met this guy. He's going to come work at the church for me this afternoon. Hopefully we, we can help him out a little bit. Patrick drove, was driving to the road, driving to the church early, early Friday morning. Saw a guy named Kevin holding the sign. That's what his sign said. Need help. We'll work. That's what his sign said. Patrick picked him up. Drove him out here. And all these, see all these new blinds hanging in here? Patrick and Kevin hung on those. Come to find out, Kevin is kind of a, a carry-out of a family member anywhere near here. He's 52 years old. was three weeks from being considered full-time where he could have got employment. He got axed. Just not, not, not homeless, but on the verge, trying to make ends meet. And you know what Aaron realized? Aaron would have driven right past Kevin. You know why? Because I'm the Levite on my way to the church. Got things to do. You know what? I'm, I'm the priest guy when the dude's on the side of the road. 
I'm on my way. I got things to get to, and I would walk. I'd have driven right past Kevin, I'm right past him. And when I see that in myself, I get so angry. God got to work in, inside this building with a godly man for four hours on Friday afternoon. Talk about his family. Talk about his background. Talk about, and, 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 and I would completely miss that. One plants, one waters, God provides the increase. Who knows? Mine, mine's not to worry about the results. Mine's to worry about being obedient. And I'm still learning that lesson, apparently. Back there on purpose. We've got to we gotta love God. That target's back there on purpose. You know what I love about that target? It's back there. If you guys are looking at the sound booth, it's hanging on the side of the sound booth. There's a resource table there with books, Bibles, invite cards, little books that will help you convey the gospel, little books. If somebody wants to make a commitment, they can, you can walk them through. I'm be, two people have already made, already made it from the black ring into the red ring since last Sunday. Your job over the next few weeks is to get in the yellow, which means they decided they're going to make Jesus the Lord of their life. They're going to follow him with all their life. It may be that, that they, they actually show up to church when you invite them. It might be that they let you sit and talk about the gospel. They may call you. They go right direction. Things that work. And you say, hey, can I pray for you? And they say, yes, that's all a step in the right direction. When they make a step, you move them from the black outer circle to the next circle, to the next circle, to the next circle, till they become a follower of Christ. And I lied to you last week. If you were here last week, I said we had three people in this, in this building. I said, prayer to the end of the year, I lied. There were five. Two of them were sitting over here. And they gladly and, and smilingly came up to me after service. And that was beautiful. And so it may not be many. It may not, all of them may not make it to the yellow, but some will. And it's important that some do. It's important that we stay on it before God and keep, and keep seeking after him. God is faithful and he's true. If we give him our chance, listen, in Micah 6, 8, the, the prophet asked the question, what is it that God requires of you? And all of it's about remaining humble. And he answers himself. He says, listen, here's what God requires, to do justly. You know what that means? To take as much information and understanding of what God to has. The word is plainly written there or by both and saying, God, how would you deal with this circumstance? And to do justly means to judge correctly what God's God's mind means for him to stop and pick him up and make sure he gets some work for that day. It might be for the kid down the street who you know, a latchkey kid, and they hardly see their parents, and you ask them if they're doing okay. Can you need something to eat? Can I help you out in the afternoon? And what you unjustly for that day. It, mean, it says to love mercy, which means we don't hold things against people any longer. They don't owe us anything. They deserve about as much as we do, but we don't care. We want to be more God-like than we care about getting what we deserve. And so we love mercy and we give it away to them. And then it says, and back to God. To dream big according to his plan, according to his dream. I'm going to ask you a question. Why, why would you dream anyway? Why would you trust God for anything? Why would you trust God to do something significant in your life? Why, 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 why would you make you want that? Why would you make a commitment to follow him? Hopefully it's because you recognize he loves you so deeply that he would pay the ultimate price just to be near you. And in return, your heart swells with that same kind of love and you go, yes, Jesus, check my wife for you. Why? 
See, I, I can't check your why for you. Only you and your Father in heaven can check your why. Only turning on the spotlight of the Holy Spirit can you check your why. Don't be trying to get people in your network to make you feel good. It's like some super spiritual dude serving in some kind of ministry. Serve because God's called you to serve and serve because it affects other people. Whether anybody pays attention or not, he's always paying attention. What's your why? What's your why? If God can find somebody who will dream big and dream bent all at the same time, God will do amazing things with that life. Make selfishness, give in to selflessness, dream God kind of dreams. Can you imagine what the world would be like? Can you imagine what your family would be like? Really got serious, became selfless, put all their stuff on the table, said, God, I'll do whatever you want. There's nothing too small, nothing too great, man. I'll just be, there's no, there's no person I won't serve. There's, not, there's no person I'll, I'll find for just one. There's not one. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you envision in your mind for just a minute the eternities and the hearts that would change as a result of that? It would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. I'm going to ask David and Kristen if they could take my life and let it be. I love that middle song that they sang. Take my life and let it be all for you, right? I want you to do something with me real quick. I want you to sing this song as a prayer. I want you to, I want you to check your why right here. To straighten up and act right. Why do you want to have a different job? Why do you want to serve in ministry? Why do you want to have a big dream? Why? And ask God to make his, his dream. And ask. No, take this back. Put your dream on the shelf and ask him to un unveil his dream to you. Take your plan off the shelf. The mantle where you can see it, your prized possession, and put God's plan there in its place. And so the beginnings of life changing starts where it do business. Can I say something to you? If you don't know Christ, the beginning of life changing starts when you grab his hand. His plans for you are, are huge, but he says this, you only find those plans when you seek for me with all of your heart. Well, I'm not worthy. I'm the cable. Listen, there's not one person in this room that is. His blood covers all of our sin. That's the beauty of the God. I don't deserve to be standing here in front of you. I don't deserve to, be, to even have my name uttered in, in, the, con, in, in, in the archives of, of heavenly business. I don't deserve any of that. But, I, but I, I have the opportunity because of the grace of Jesus. Trust God for bigger things than you have right now. And start by handing him your life. Allowing him to have your heart and then see where the road goes. It's as simple as this, saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in your heart and throng, your whole eternity, your whole life. You are the only way to heaven. At that moment, even as we sing this song, your whole eternity, your whole life can change. And the rest of you, your existence at this point may have been so-so and kind of drab maybe. But if you'll dream big and you'll dream bent, the opportunities will be limitless. And he Would you stand and sing with me? Here's what I want to say. If you feel the need to respond, you know what? We had less people in the first service. You guys are troopers, okay? I'm here till late. 
Weather guys are out to lunch, I think. I don't know what they... Less than an inch of snow, and we'll get here till late in mid-morning, and it got here way early, and so we're here at church, and so, you know, whatever. I, if you're mad at me because we didn't cancel, forgive me, I need grace, okay? <laughs> but you're here, and we've got to worship Jesus together, and it's cool. Isn't it? Isn't it cool? Yeah. Don't be afraid to come to the altar. Turn to somebody next to you. I'm looking around this room. There's very few people in this room right now I would, I would not, I, that, that I wouldn't trust if, if somebody asked them to pray for them. Be the body of Christ. Be humble enough to say, I need help. I need prayer. And be humble enough to go, God, I want your dreams. Let's sing together, will we?